Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. Our first reading this morning is from Daniel 7, verses 1 through 3 and 15 through 18. Earlier, during the first year of King Belshazzar's reign in Babylon, Daniel had a dream and saw visions as he lay in his bed. He wrote down the dream, and this is what he saw. In my vision that night, I, Daniel, saw a great storm churning the surface of a great sea, with strong winds blowing from every direction. Then four huge beasts came up from the water, each different from the others. I, Daniel, was troubled by all I had seen, and my visions terrified me, so I approached one of those standing beside the throne and asked him what it all meant. He explained to me like this. These four huge beasts represent four kingdoms that will arise from the earth, but in the end, the holy people of the Most High will be given the kingdom, and they will rule forever and ever. Our second reading today is a reading from Ephesians 1. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now, you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thinking or thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ. 
who fills all things everywhere with himself. Our Holy Gospel this morning comes from Luke, the sixth chapter. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now, for in due time you will laugh. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man? When that happens, be happy. Yes, leap for joy, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets that same way. What sorrow awaits you who are rich, for you have your only happiness now. What sorrow awaits you who are fat and prosperous now, for a time of awful hunger awaits you. What sorrow awaits you who laugh now, for your laughing will turn to mourning and sorrow. What sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowds, for their ancestors also praised false prophets. But to you who are willing to listen, I say love your enemies do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, who inspires us all. Amen. Last summer, when I was walking with the group from Good Shepherd on the Camino in Spain, one thing that surprised me was the hills. I mean, it seemed like we were constantly either walking up hills or down hills, some were long and gradual and lasted for miles. Others were short and steep. Now, looking back, I should not have been surprised since the itinerary that we received included information about the change in elevation for each day's walk. I guess if they made the point of including that data, it must have been important, right? I just wasn't expecting how many times we would go up and down and up and down in that daily change in elevation. Let's just say I really lear learned to appreciate those times when we were walking on level ground. Well, in our gospel today, we hear a part of a sermon from Jesus that includes what we know as the Beatitudes. The thing is, we read the version from Luke's gospel, not the more familiar one from Matthew. And there are significant differences in how Matthew and Luke record this teaching from Jesus. And one of those differences caught my attention. It's the change in elevation. Matthew says that Jesus went up on a mountain he sat down to preach this sermon, and that's why in Matthew it's called the Sermon on the Mount. 
Well, as Luke sets the scene in the verses just before what we read today, it says that Jesus had spent all night long up on the mountain praying. But then he came down the mountain and he stood on a level place to preach this sermon. In fact, in Luke, this passage is often referred to as the Sermon on the Plain. So I started thinking, if the gospel writers made a point of including data about the elevation, perhaps we should pay attention. And I found myself wondering if Luke wasn't using this detail about geography, this level place, as a kind of visual aid for his sermon, for Jesus' sermon. Because in this sermon, you might say that Jesus is leveling the playing field. Jesus is teaching about what God's hope and God's plan is for the world. And that hope and that plan is that everyone, everyone would have a level place to stand on. In this sermon, Jesus lifts up the downtrodden, the poor, the hungry, the grieving, and Jesus brings down the high and mighty, the rich, the satisfied, the comfortable. And in Luke, Jesus literally brings them all to a level place where they can see eye to eye to show them that all people are beloved by God and worthy of God's mercy and blessing. It's fine for Jesus, right? If we observe the world as we observe the world around us, we see that life isn't like a level place, is it? For many in our world, life is like a constant trek uphill. Many, many must climb the steady incline of poverty, illness, racism, and maybe just the fact of the geography of where they were born, this incline. While comparatively many of us experience life on relatively level ground, from our perspective, we have a hard time acknowledging the inclined life that many children of God experience day after day. And maybe we even judge them because of the struggles they experience in life. And yet Jesus goes to this level place to preach this sermon where he declares the poor, the hungry, the grieving as blessed. And he warns of woes or watch outs to the rich, the satisfied, and the comfortable. Perhaps this geographical data is important for us to pay attention to. You see, Jesus brought this great mix of people, people who maybe weren't that used to hanging around together, being in the same crowd, looking eye to eye with one another. Jesus brings them all together to show them that God's hope is that no one would have to struggle through an inclined life. So maybe in this sermon, Jesus is inviting us to love our neighbor in such a way that we reveal God's grace and mercy to them, and we help God's level ground world 
to break into our experience in this life. One of the people who received a $100 check on God's Grace Your Hand Sunday was Daniel Hickman. Daniel is a student at the University of Cincinnati, and he's one of our student leaders in our Edge House ministry. Daniel shared his story on our website of what he did with his check, and I want to share that story with you today. Daniel writes, I used to volunteer at the 86 Coffee Bar, a delightful community gathering place right next to UC's campus. One day while sitting in the coffee shop before my shift, a regular, Carol, came in, clearly having a rough day. Carol was a genial lady, perhaps in her 40s, who always dresses well and provides refreshing conversation for the baristas. She sat down next to me and inquired about the book I was reading. I explained to her that I was reading Conversations with God, that it was written by a man who was very angry with God because of all the hardship and pain he had experienced. He had poor health, broken relationships, and was homeless for a time. Even though he had been striving to know and follow God, he wrote an angry letter to God, venting his frustrations. Something I said caused Carol's eyes to well with tears. See, she was currently homeless. Through quiet sobs and dabs at her mascara, she confessed she felt just like this man. Her last few nights were spent in the rain outside wherever she could find marginal shelter. Her life was crumbling around her without any consistent place to rest. Her search for a job using her past experience and degree had been unfruitful for months. Things were falling apart, and God hadn't been much help. Well, Daniel reports that after many more conversations with Carol, we both look back at this happenstance as God's auspicious work. We both received spiritual encouragement as we discussed God's purpose for our lives. We prayed over Carol's struggles with work, housing, and relationships. I gave the $100 check to Carol because I knew she could and would use it to get herself to a better place where she could also be a betterment to others. Well, maybe Carol's life feels like an uphill climb. And through her friendship with Daniel, Daniel was able to remind her of God's hope for a level place life for her as he sat with her in her struggle, offering her prayer and support Maybe his kindness helped to reveal God's love and mercy to her, even as Carol's friendship revealed God's love and mercy to Daniel. You see, as we live our lives in Christ, it is through community and it is through relationships with all kinds of people that God has a chance to stir in us a desire to work towards the level place life that Jesus describes as we proclaim God's love and mercy to all. Jesus' words may even give us the courage 
to challenge the inclines that so many must climb. So on this All Saints Day, we remember people in our lives and in the pages of history who have revealed God's leveling work to us. We remember people like Martin Luther King and Mother Teresa who fought to bring people to God's level place by working for justice. And we remember our own grandmas and grandpas and co-workers and teachers who touched our lives with God's love and mercy, our lives. We give thanks for those who have modeled faith for us in meaningful and leveling ways. But today isn't just about those who have died, it's also about us. Imagine that. It's about what's happening right here and right now because it's All Saints Day, All Saints Day, All Saints Day, and all means all. Look around you. You are surrounded by saints. In spite of our fallen humanity, our sin, and our brokenness, God calls us all saints. God calls us all holy, which means that sainthood is a level place because we didn't get here on our own. We did not get here on our own. It's because Jesus brought us here that we are in this place of being saints because we already know God's love and mercy through Christ's work on the cross. But here's the thing. There are so many people in our world who are deeply and dearly loved by God, but they don't know it. They are loved by God, but they don't know it yet. Perhaps our call in this sermon from Jesus is to do the work of revealing God's leveling hope to those who don't know God yet, working for God's plan of justice, love, and mercy for all, because all means all. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.